Yo, what up? Welcome to Dub Nation, the official show of the Utah Warriors of Major League Rugby. I am Jerem Jordan alongside Banksy, who isn't as busy as Paula CK, whose wife, Ani, had twins last week. Kaike and Yuri, congratulations to the Los Siques. If you were wondering why Paulie wasn't on the roster, that's why. He's busy with twins. That Look, look at that. That looks like he could be a future starting front row for any team in Major League Rugby right there. We'll, we'll convert Paulie to a hooker. And he's got his tight head and his loose head either side of him there. They have signed with the Utah Selects <laughs> for the 2040 season, uh, which is very exciting. So uh, those signings will be announced later this week. Uh, just kidding. We're live on the Utah Warriors Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube account. Subscribe to the podcast version if you want. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud. Basically, there's no reason not to consume the content here. Let's go. Send in questions and comments if you've got them. Here's what's on the rundown tonight. We'll recap the game against Seattle, week 12 recap in the league, week 13 preview, New England among that coming up as well. Danny Christensen, scrum half, will join us. Rugby versus football, little Britton Covey and Jaron Hall in a scrum. What? Utes and Cougs united? Let's go. Emerson Pryor, uh, mic'd up. We'll preview the uh, matchup with the Free Jacks who are playing great. Number one team uh, out east, one of the best in the league right now. Uh, Emerson Pryor mic'd up, as mentioned. And Dan Power, the voice of the league. Uh, Major League Rugby announced it. He is really fun. He's got an incredible story about trying out for an NFL team and using a little bit of deception to do so. Uh, he also hosts the uh, MLR podcast. It's Pete Steinberg. I listen to that regularly. Big fan. Excited to have him on the program. Okay, uh, let's recap the game against Seattle. Again, physical game. Came down to the wire. A 20-14 to 14 loss. <sighs> Five in a row. It's tough. Uh, it's tough right now because the Warriors are right there, man. They just aren't executing a couple – Couple of places they were last year. The cardiac kids uh, aren't aren't that right now. They're still trying to figure it out. You know, it was everything we expected to be in a close physical matchup. We hope as Dub Nation, the scoreline ends up going the other way. But it's a couple of missed opportunities, and really at this point, a couple of missed players in the lineup are the difference in the scoreline. Okay, let's recap it. Uh, first half an hour, we're just going to skip through two penalty goals from J.P. Smith playing fly half, no AGL. Let's see this one. 36th minute, Rickard Hatting, who's one of the best players in the league. You said he's your MVP of the league right now during the broadcast. He uh, has two tries in this game, and here's a nice grubber from Lavette uh, Topetti who, uh, who puts it in the try zone, and Rickard jumps all over it. Usually when you see that play, and I said this on the broadcast, if you're the 10, you look outside and you see a winger, you see a center, you see your fullback run onto that ball. Not the Seattle Seawolves. They see the eight man out there. And you can see in that buildup, he's pointing. He wants the ball in the try zone. He actually calls for this play. If you look at him in the bottom of the screen right here, boom, there oh, yeah. he is. Calls for it. And just, it's a race. And he's got Yuri Van Vuren inside of him and Caleb Mockney outside of him and beats them both to the try line. That's impressive. I never noticed kind of the call for it. Maybe you wanted a chip or a pass across, but the speed of an eight man to go get that is uh, pretty remarkable. Okay, but all is not lost. Third, down 13 nothing. game over, right? No. Uh, late in the first half, the rookie Connor Burns from Lindenwood. Oh, the Lions. Second try of the year. And look at the speed on uh, Connor Burns here for his second try of the year, 13-7. It was just a clinical read from Mika Cruze coming off the left wing and playing to the right side. He sucked the two defenders in. The centers bit on it, and it just it was an easy, quick, right-footed step for Connor and then turns on the afterburners for the finish. Nice. I yeah. 
planning that one all week. I know. Uh, You've been waiting four or five days. Uh, Okay. Three minutes into the second half, Lance Williams scores his third try of the year. They reviewed it. Maybe a knock-on wasn't there. Conversion's good by Calvin Whitey. Boom, baby. It's 14-13. Warriors have the lead. You know, energized at the end of the first half with the Connor Burns try, and then they come out and want to make a statement with the physicality of the forward pack. They took a long TMO review at this, and it turns out it came off a Warriors player's foot and then came up into Lance Williams' hands, and he was able to dot it down. So a great start to the second half for the Warriors. If uh, TMO Chris Osmus got paid by review, he got a, he got a lot of lettuce on uh, Saturday. I don't know if that's the case. Okay, 62nd minute. Rickard Haddon gets his second try. This ends up taking the lead and being the game-winning score. Also reviewed for a potential second yellow on Rickard. It wasn't. He scores a try. They take the lead. That's the game-winning uh, play right there. It would have been devastating for Seattle had they been given that second card because he would have been out for the remainder of the match and they would have been forced essentially at that point to play a man down for the remainder of the match as well. But his hands were in the right place. They were saying it was for a neck roll, which you can't do anymore in rugby in clearing out a ruck. And then he was able to dot down the score. So I don't think Scott Green ever really had any questions about whether or not Reichert scored the try, but I think he was just looking for anything extracurricular off the ball in the lead up to that. But again, another long TMO decision, but I think they got it right. Rickard Hatting uh, already had a yellow previously. Bailey Wilson reminded the ref, which is, again, if you're new to rugby and you're watching the show, great to have you. Welcome. It's an amazing sport. Um, and you can hear the ref's interaction with the players. Like, we don't really hear the players in other sports. We just hear the refs sometimes. I love that about rugby. And so it's funny that Bailey's like, oh, that'd be a red, right? Because it'd be the second yellow. Just, just so you know, just a reminder, just in case you forgot, Scotty Green, you know, Here's like, Scott, I, just going to put this out there in your ear. Little birdie told me that this would be this his down for you, just in case. Okay, um, we were going to see that because we've shown too many Seattle highlights on this is Utah Warriors program. We don't care. Okay. Uh, Utah had two lineouts in the last few minutes. Real opportunity at the five meter line. And unfortunately, rookie Joey Baki had a hard time twice throwing straight here. You know, and that was just a missed ball in the front, and it's a new position for Baki. He played eight-man for most of his collegiate career, so he's really trying to make the adjustment to that front row. And physically, he has all the skills, but due to injury and minutes played with Tuvede Vungakoto unavailable in this match, you know, he was kind of pressed into service earlier than I think the Warriors uh, coaching staff would have liked. But when you have no other option, you got to go deep into the well. So he played well, unfortunate for him that – you know, he missed those two crucial plays. He will and should obsess over line-out throws for the rest of the year. I'm excited to see his growth. Obviously, a learning moment for him. So, final score, 20-14. to 14, Utah loses a couple of game notes here. Man of the match, Lance Williams. He has another try. 12 tackles, six defensive turnovers, one. He's got three tries now this season. Five-game losing streak. Tough to swallow right now. Some close margins in there. Uh, 14 points is tied for the fewest scored in Utah Warriors history 20 points allowed is tied for sixth fewest so defensively that was great just not scoring uh, as many points as needed and of course 50 caps from now Lance Williams and Mika Kruse huge congratulations to those two boys you know uh, Lance has been here since day one with the Utah Warriors and all he does is just grind it out his rugby continues to get better and better with his experience and then Mr. Natural Mika Kruse all he's done is excel since signing with the Warriors last year and just continues to perform. You really saw him make his presence known in this game, and I hope he continues to put that kind of effort in through the rest of the season because the Warriors need it. 
you got to watch the player profile if you haven't seen it. We've shown it on Dub Nation before, but basically Sean Davies and some other teammates, Mikey Teo included, say, I've never met anyone who can sleep all day or just be in bed and then roll out and be the best player on the field. <laughs> That's the case with Mika Kruse. He's an uh, unbelievable player. 17 tries in his career, by the way. And three this year, they all came in the Dallas game. I think one reason that perhaps Utah hasn't had the same kind of season is we're not seeing Mikey Teo and Mika Kruse in the same way we saw them last year. That sort of dynamic, flowing champagne rugby, unfortunately, has not been there. These guys are big-time playmakers. We've got to figure out how to get them the ball more. You know, and that's that's one of the X's and O's strategies that the Warriors coaching staff are going to have to continue to work on. You know, this team, and I think that's one of the frustrating things about when we look at what's gone on this season, they've been in really fantastic positions to make plays over and over and over and over again. But it seems like one step forward and two steps back, and they continue to shoot themselves in the foot with their abilities to make plays with the ball. You know, Danny Christensen bobbled one off of his hands in this match, and we're talking about if he gets a runner on that, a completely different scoreline in this game. Uh, a couple of knock-ons inside the five-meter zone, you know. So when you talk about getting the ball into the playmaker's hands in rugby, all 15 guys on the field are your playmakers, and you've got to distribute it well. So it's up to the guys on the field to continue to move the ball and inject themselves into the attack when it makes sense. And that's, I think, really where we've missed Mika earlier in this season and where hopefully, like I said, through the rest of the season, much like we've seen Mikey Teo do in the last couple of games, He's come off his wing a lot, and he's running in those center lines to try and compound the attack. That's why the uh, Connor Burns try worked. It was Mika Cruze getting two defenders to commit to that inside gap because he's so fast and physical that he really is a double threat in that way, and it opens up the gaps on the outside for those other players. Real talk, the Warriors have really good players. It's an execution issue. Like, If the Warriors didn't have a good player and just straight up were a bad team, it'd be hard to deal with that. It's almost harder to deal with the lack of success because we know this team is good. Like they have good players and they're a couple plays away. And that's been what's been frustrating is this team beat LA on the road. This team scored an MLR record 69 points. Like outside of that, it's like, that's it. We can do much better here. Let's go like these. And I hope these guys get a little momentum at the end of the season going into next year. Obviously playoffs, not in the, the picture. This is, this is a really good program, really good team, and hopefully next year they're back in the playoff hunt. And I think the good news for this team is, and as I've been around the boys, they still very much have each other's back. It's really easy for a team to kind of turn on itself and implode yeah. on in seasons like this, and this team has it. They're still there for each other. They're still grinding. You can see it in the way that they play and support each other. So they're still out there putting it all on the line and backing each other up, and you know, Dub Nation, it's seasons like this that are tough, but we need to keep backing our Warriors up as well. And the crowd was great. Still showed up. It's not like no one was there. Like, people showed up. We have the best crowd in MLR. It's so awesome. Okay, a couple of stats from this one. Same amount of tries. Those two penalty goals early in the game in the first half an hour were the difference. Conversions, only one for Utah because there was a seven-pointer, uh, you know, dotted down by Connor Burns. Didn't need that one. No penalty goals for Utah uh, attempted in this one. Tackle's pretty similar. Lineups, obviously, Utah needs at least one more late in that game. Uh, very few scrums. Teams were pretty good about that, and then penalties uh, were pretty high for both. 
You know, I thought technically it was a pretty good game. Uh, head referee Scott Green, full credit where credit's due, didn't get in the way of this one, which a lot of referees in Major League Rugby have done. You know, he was decisive when he needed to be and just kind of let the game flow when it needed to flow and let these teams decide it on their own. So it was everything we could have hoped for in a matchup against Seattle, everything you would expect, right? Fierce, tense, physical, came down to the last minutes. Defensive line stands on their own try line. And unfortunately, the score line just didn't go our way that, that, that day. Okay, let's recap week 12. Uh, Old Glory, D.C., two-game win streak, uh, beating Utah, now Dallas, 50-10. to 10. New franchise record for points, margin, tries with eight. D.C. getting a little momentum. And I think they wore their uh, Cherry Blossom jerseys again uh, for back-to-back weeks. So maybe that's their good luck charm coming out with the new kit. Austin pounds Nola 32-10, four dubs in a row for AGs. Game-winning score came early in the 36th minute. A crucial uh, win to stay on top of the table and continue to apply pressure to everybody else. We're all chasing Austin at this point. Toronto got worked by Houston. Now, you see the 12-point margin. It was 29-0. Those 17 points were after the fact. It was an absolute shift from the boys in Houston, and they are gaining momentum. This is going to come down to the last week of the season for who gets those top three spots in the West. New England holds on against rugby. Uh, New York 29-26, game winner with three minutes to go. Free Jacks have won seven in a row. That's who Utah plays this week. Free Jacks are legit, and they have been at the top of the table all season and proving it against Rooney in a late season, I guess, second half of the season. That's late season at this point, right? Yeah. That's a big matchup for them to stay top of the table and keep points clear of the rest of the field. We'll look at the table in a second. Last but not least, Rugby ATL beat San Diego 30-17. to Four tries from the Rattlers did the trick on the road. Rugby ATL doing the Seattle Seawolves a favor there with a big win over San Diego. Put Seattle into third place in that playoff hunt and in control of their own destiny. So an up and down season for the Legion, but Rugby ATL still looking like one of the class teams in the East. Seriously. Like New York has their number in the regular season, but in the playoffs, that's where ATL excels, right? Okay, let's check uh, out the standings first in the West. Austin, with a game in hand, up 10 points right now. Essentially five if L.A. plays another and gets another five. But that feels like a uh, they're pretty comfortable there at 9-2. and two. L.A. has been really good recently. Seattle in a tie with Houston right now. But uh, ahead there with the tiebreaker, Houston right there. San Diego right in the mix as well. And then, of course, Utah and Dallas. You're talking about everybody from the fifth position to the second position inside or outside the playoffs when that final season whistle blows it's anybody's game in the west and everybody chasing austin i believe point differential is the tiebreaker seattle's plus 12 on houston that's how tight the margin is right now okay eastern conference standings of these six teams Woo, it's tight there too top two uh you know head and shoulders above uh right now rugby united new york uh, rugby new york toronto right there despite getting uh, worked by houston I mean, only 10 points separate second and fourth place right now. You're talking about two matches with a bonus point being the difference in being out of the playoffs and potentially the number two seed when we look in the Eastern Conference. So New England been the class of the East all season long. Rattlers are still there. Rugby New Jersey are going to have to hang on and fight tooth and nail to keep going. And I'm really pulling for, uh, you know, the Canadian National B team now. They've had games at home. They did yeah. so much for the league last year. I can't continue to 
understate how much those guys did playing out of Atlanta for the entire season last year. I feel like that club, that organization, and those players really deserve it more than anyone, and they're working their asses off for it. 100%. I'm looking through, trying to. I'm trying to remember the – okay, it was the – yes, it was week three – the Giltinis beat the Free Jacks in L.A. by four. That's the only loss. So, New England playing great, man. Okay, let's check out the schedule for this week. Rugby ATL hosting L.A. That's a massive matchup. That's a rematch of the MLR championship game last year. Of course, New England and Utah will preview that coming up. Dallas hosting San Diego. San Diego needs a five-pointer to stay in the mix, right? Uh, Rooney and Nola Gold. That's a good one. And Austin and Seattle is pretty intriguing as well in the West. There are no easy matches in MLR this season. We say it over and over and over again. Every single game has playoff consequences across the league. And it doesn't matter if you're an East-West team playing rivals or if you're playing in-conference rivals. It's going to be a tough week. And I'm curious to see how this all shakes out. Hey, that's uh, round 13 coming up this weekend. And, of course, we'll preview the matchup with New England. We're going to hear from Danny Christensen in a moment and Dan Power, voice of the league. But first, hey... Get ready for this team to be way better next year. I mean, it, don't write off this team yet this season. There's a <laughs> lot of there's a lot of spoilers that this team can play for yes. a lot of different teams. I love the Utah Warriors playing the villain role, especially when we're playing the games we are at home. Dub Nation, we need you to be part of the best home field advantage in Major League Rugby. 2023 season tickets are available soon. If you are a season ticket holder, your renewals start May 7th, go to warriorsrugby.com if you want to get all the information and be ready to go May 7th to make sure that the red and the black, the four stripes and all of Dub Nation are in Zions Bank Stadium and loud for the 2023 season. Listen, sometimes you like being Batman. Other times you got to be the Joker. Uh, Some people just want to watch the world burn. That's where we are, Jerem Jordan. Let's burn the league down, baby. You want to know how I got these scars? Uh, Let's go. Okay, let's bring in our first of two guests today. He is a scrum half for the team who started the last couple of games. He is a former All-American from the University of Utah. And look at that flow this year. What kind of conditioner is this guy using? It's Danny Christensen on Dub Nation. Danny, welcome to the program. And what kind of conditioner are you using? And is it the same as Yuri Van Buren? Um, I, uh, I'm a Pantene Pro-V kind of guy, two-in-one, <laughs> you know, convenience. Um but uh, funny thing about the hair is uh, the last couple of weeks that I've had the opportunity to start, I'm in my pictures sitting right next to Caleb's and my sisters are like, it's kind of embarrassing for you because Caleb's hair is so much better. So, um, you know, I just he may be the most handsome here. man in the league. It's true. They're not wrong. So tough night on Saturday night. You've been getting the starts the last couple of weeks with Niall Saunders being out, but now we've got Zion going in and you guys continue to push each other. How has it been being on the field with these guys in these tough, intense moments? And what's the vibe continue to be like uh, in the, in the sheds afterwards? Um, I think anytime, regardless of the situation, when you lose a head coach, it, it impacts the team. And uh, it's taken us a couple of weeks to kind of shake that off. Um, and I think that we saw, some of the best footy we've played for a while against Seattle, just some key moments, you know, me not catching a beautiful offload for Mika and going under the sticks and, and countless other moments. Um, you guys said the best execution and uh, we just got to turn that up a couple notches. And I mean, 
the defense that we played last weekend was pretty fun to watch. It was pretty fun to be a part of. And so if we can keep that defensive uh, wall up while executing a bit more, all of a sudden we're in position, in my opinion, to be any team in the league. By the way, shouts out to Joe Mono executing dudes off of the bench in his return. It was great to see the guy lay the wood, man. Oh man, Joe, Joey is one of my favorite teammates and it is so good after a long nine months recovery to have him back on the field for sure. There was an old Tampa Bay Buccaneers coach. I can't remember his name, but someone said, what do you think of your team's execution? And he said, I'm all for it. Um, and, and the Notre Dame, you know, Brian Kelly got, went under fire for saying similar comment this year, but that reminded me of that uh, executing dudes, Joe Mono, just taking people. And, and that's the thing, Danny, with this team is, we're not talking about a team that doesn't have talent and is trying hard. There are other teams in the league that perhaps match that description, but the Utah Warriors have tremendous talent. And maybe that's the most frustrating part is you guys know you're like a play here, a play there in spite of uh, some of these errors out of the playoff picture. But yeah, you guys got to, got to keep it going here to play spoiler at the end of the season here. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, hit the nail on the head. We have all the talent in the world and that's one of the most frustrating parts. Like you said, um, there's just been something missing and it feels like we're starting to figure out what that something is. Um, we definitely came into the sheds after, after, uh, Seattle last week. And, and, uh, for the first time in a while, we looked each other in the eye and we're like, you guys, like we can do this to anybody, you know? So you talk about the team being two and eight now and losing five games by a try or less. That's how narrow the margin has been. If we flip that right now, this is this is very likely a seven-win team and looking at probably 32, 33 points and being in second or third place. So what has to change now in the last half of the season to be the bad guy? Because now the role, obviously, for this Warriors team is to spoil the party for everybody else. It's our party and we'll cry if we want to. Buckle up, here we come. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, we just got to take advantage of those moments. That's It's it's one thing. Uh, but unfortunately, that's not something that you can just put yourself in that moment in a training and handle the problem. You know, you can't just sit down and if you're a, you're an incapable kicker and just kick for hours and hours, you can't do it, right? It's one of those things where it takes a top 2 3% mentally in those moments to be ready. And we've seen that we are so close to taking advantage of those moments. Um, and I think, like I said, I think we're right there on the cusp. Like after this last game, we really did look at each other and and we had the feeling of like, boys, like we're back, like we can do this, you know? And so I think as long as we take that energy and that attitude into this next game, despite playing New England, the best team in the league, if we can play the defense that we played against Seattle, play that defense against New, against New England and, you know, take advantage of three or four of those opportunities, we've got a great opportunity to knock off the best team in the league. And I think, I honestly think we'll do it. That's coming up Saturday, two 30. Uh, you can watch that, listen to that. We'll preview that coming up. That's exciting. Um, did want to ask you too about your physical transformation. Cause you, you, you like got into incredible shape this off season. We've talked about the hair. How, what's that been like to put more time in the weight room in and see that result? Um, so I worked a full-time job until February and, uh, I was doing, I did everything I could in the off season, but being able to fully focus on rugby and just dedicate 
hundred percent of my time and energy to, to the game has been, and to, you know, making sure I'm in as good a physical condition as I possibly can. Um, not only did it help my hair grow faster, but, uh, it's, it's been fun to see, you know, that like, that, uh, there is a lot of opportunity and all it took was, you know, getting a little bit more dedication, a little bit more time and being able to focus on that. It's, I've, I've thankfully been around long enough to have actually played a bit of rugby with you as you were coming out of college and I think you may have been 120 pounds soaking wet in a pair of blue jeans with your boots on at that point. What do you think your biggest asset now is with all of that experience that's led you up to this point? What do you think is one of the trademarks of your game now in Major League Rugby? I think, honestly, work rate. Um, you probably you probably noticed uh, against Seattle I uh, I got ran over so many times, but I'm the guy that just gets right back up to get run over again, and I'm I'm happy to do that. I'm happy to you know for that to be my role. So I'd say predominantly work rate. I think I'm I am the guy who's just gonna whether I get destroyed or I get a good hit on somebody, I'm gonna be right back up ready to make that next tackle. Um, and, and there's some other skills that I feel like I'm developing and improving um, by being able to fully focus on rugby, like we talked about. Um, and it's been fun to see the improvement. Of course, working, like I have always said, with Sean Davies as a coach has been amazing, outstanding at my position, couldn't have a better position coach. But then also having, you know, the likes of Baska and Fraser last year to learn from, and then Niall this year, and then we just brought in Zion. And it's like I had the opportunity to learn from some outstanding nines. Um, and it's been fun, especially as I was late to the game to play nine outside of high school. I played 10 all through college. So it's, uh, it's nice to get back to the position, but also have some great mentors to help shape me, you know. And we'll wrap with this. You could go anywhere in the world on your two-year mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. You go to Fiji. I mean, for a rugby player, that feels inspired. Oh, uh, the, the best part about it is I – I left to go play in a, in a tournament with the University of Utah as I got to the airport as my mom called me and said, your mission call arrived. And uh, we were going to San Diego that weekend, and that was when the Sevens was in San Diego. So I sat there and I watched Fiji play, and I think they won that tournament. I was like, these guys are unreal. You know, like this is so cool to watch. Got home Monday, opened my mission call, and uh, I was going to Fiji. Um, absolutely a dream come true. You know, and I it was fun because – weekly i got to go out and play touch with these guys and just like i learned so much based on playing with those guys about how fijians view the field like it's it's completely different they make space out of nothing and uh it was really really fun to you know get to play some touch and, and learn a lot you know for two years just being involved in the culture you know that's awesome man well congratulations on all the success so far uh it's been fun to watch you play Watch you get jacked, grow the hair out, the whole thing. You're one of our favorites. Thanks for taking the time on a Wednesday, and good luck Saturday against New England. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you so much. Okay, DC, Danny Christensen on the program. What a good dude. All his teammates love him. Thanks for the time to uh, Danny. Okay, um, Danny talked about Sean Davies, his coach, okay? Former Coug. Danny's a Ute. We had a similar situation recently. As the Warriors signed a name, image, and likeness deal with Britton Covey of the Utah Utes, joined us at halftime of the Seattle game. That was fun. Jaron Hall, Chaz Ayu, Kingsley Suamata'i of the BYU Cougars football team as well. They're learning rugby, coming together, Utes and Cougs. Some of the Warriors are learning football. Here's part one of rugby versus football. Okay, you got to get through Kingsley to me in four seconds. Anyway. All right. 
Ready. Wayne Rooney's overrated. Zach. Oh my yes, God! <laughs> Red 42. Zach. <laughs> that's not fair. That's not okay. Man. I try to get them. And now, Brian, you're gonna bind on my shoulder like this. Like that, yeah, yeah. And then on set, we come in like this. And then basically, basically just like, I'm like a horse trying to count. That's why he's called the hooker. I thought it was for something else. I'm not pushing him. I don't know why y'all have him going up against him. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then you guys just push. Usually we're like chirping. So like you grab. Sometimes. Crafting lion. And now bind. You're gonna bind on my. Good stuff with those guys. There might be all four of those guys have a legit shot at the NFL. By the way, which is super exciting. Britain, of course, NFL draft starts tomorrow. Hoping to be picked up uh, probably on day three on Saturday. Uh, but yeah, those guys, those guys, it's great to have those guys around as they learn and help the Warriors get the word out to the community. You know, that name image likeness deal has been so great for the cross promotion of the sport here in Utah and for these guys who are on draft boards for National Football League teams, you know. And when we talk about the exposure of the sport to guys who have the physical abilities of all of those players, I mean, imagine somebody like Britton Covey at fullback with the speed and the field of vision that he has returning balls, somebody like Kingsley and the physical gifts that that guy has, that is an international sized loose head prop that will hurt people's feelings. If he ever decides to bring a, a pick up a rugby ball, think, um, you know, Haloti Nata in his prime playing eight and just like people just not even trying to tackle him because it's not worth your life. <laughs> the athletes of that caliber are continuing to find the sport. And it's through those NIL deals that the Warriors have with these amazing players that are exposing the game to other people. And it's so cool to see these guys get involved and really enjoy it and have a good laugh. Come show up to the home games. You get to meet these guys. They're around. Uh, they're signing autographs. They're taking pictures, which is awesome. Okay, let's preview the matchup with New England. Obviously a big game in terms of trying to spoil what New England does this season uh, in the East. Utah trying to get it done. Saturday, coming up at 2.30 Mountain Time on KJAZZ, KSLSports.com and the Rugby Network. On the radio, we'll have it on Cool FM and ESPN 960 as my son Tate just blows through uh, the defense I set up and is joining us on the program here. <laughs> He's three. Utah looking to snap a five-game losing streak, as we mentioned. Third meeting ever, uh, They, but they've never met in Harriman. It's going to be uh, twice in Quincy. They met in Vegas. Remember, Utah won that right before the uh, you know pandemic happened just a couple of weeks. And then a couple of players to watch. Uh, Bodine Waka, one of the best fly halves in the league. He's got 101 points, six tries. Paul Bellacana and uh, Slade McDowell, they find the try zone. So this, this is a tough matchup. But as Danny Christensen mentioned, he's confident they can go and compete here if they play good defense. Waka, one of the best in the leagues at, uh, you know, steering that ship for the Free Jacks. Balakana has been on a couple of different MLR teams now and has really found a home and found the try line for this Free Jacks team. So, you know, when things aren't going your way on offense, you know you can still go in and play committed, solid defense because that is just all about effort and commitment things don't have to go your way on defense you just got to commit to making those one-on-one -on -one plays and i think this utah warriors team showed they can do it against seattle and they need to turn it up another notch against new england okay well emerson Pryor. uh hey tate say hi to the people uh hi. you know what this is an executioner uh for me that he got through here <laughs> 
That's all right. Uh, it, Canadian prop and rookie Emerson Pryor has been solid addition to this year's team. Great personality. He's fun. Gaining more experience uh, each week. Had some time off the bench at loose head prop. Get to know him a little bit better with this week's mic'd up segment. Join me, Yun. Let's do it straight, okay? Man, I don't care what everyone says about you. You're a good guy. What are we doing now? Let the boys out of the barn. Let the hogs ride. What are we doing? Chili, chili, chili. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, we're going to break the line. Hey, guess that, guess that. Yeah, yeah, get pointed. Hey, got your tips, Joe. We got a line break. Blow, blow. Hey, I got your inside monkey, inside monkey. Yes, boys, keep coming. Keep coming, boys. Keep working. Yeah, let's pull through. Hey, we're, a bit, we're a bit narrow. Bit narrow. Hey, I got Franco. I got chop, chop, chop. Yes, boys. I forget. Yes, boys. Oh, Polly. Yeah, the boy. Really. It brings that Canadian flavor to the team, which is fun. He's a great energy guy. He's a great guy to have in the locker room. It's been fun over the last year to see him physically change as well as uh, Maddie's gotten a hold of him and really has transformed him physically. Now it's just about getting those playing minutes behind some elite front rowers that we've got on this team and letting him continue to develop into that top tier player we know he can be. We saw flashes of really how good he can be uh, at the set piece in this last match against Seattle. So I'm excited for what uh, Emerson Pryor has going on for him in the future. All three draft picks have, have played prominently into the bench at some point, not to mention, uh, you know, Tomasi uh, from the selects and whatnot. So it's been great. It's been awesome. So uh, continue to uh, pay attention to this team and make sure you get the latest swag. An alternate jersey was released last week that you can get your hands on now. If you haven't seen this new Cottonwood Canyons jersey, it is Woo! unbelievable, as well as all of the sideline gear sporting that uh, limited five-year MLR anniversary patch. The Warriors, one of the original teams in the NF MLR. If you want to get it, go to shop.warriorsrugby.com. It is all available for you now. Make sure you're kitted out in the best-looking gear Major League Rugby has to offer, and make sure you're loud at Dub Nation and Zions Bank Stadium to support your Warriors. Okay, let's bring in our second and final guest of the day. He is the voice of Major League Rugby on TV. He's the host of the MLR Kickoff Podcast. We recommend uh, subscribing to that as well to learn about the league and what's going on. Former USA Eagle player, wannabe NFL punter. He is Dan Power. Welcome he, uh, him to uh, Dub Nation today. Dan, what's up, man? Welcome to the program. Great to have you. Hello, boys. How are we doing? I love the, the wannabe as well. I feel like one of the Spice Girls now. Uh, <laughs> 40 probably scary now but uh appreciate you having me on banksy jerome how we doing fellas we're great we're great man i was dying laughing at the nfl punter story on mlr kickoff at the means you used to try and make the dolphins was it i, I listen i think at the end of it when i packed it all in uh it was about 13 teams that i worked out for and um that was 13 hard no's by the end of it as well so <laughs> <laughs> but what what happened with like film or something or you, you somebody else's film what was the story again well that was with the with the lions so the lions called me up to have a workout and they're like hey we want a dual threat you need to be able to kick off and punt because uh, at the time their kicker um whose name escapes me but he was a long time lions player he'd been there for years and years and, and his leg just didn't have the pop anymore 
they said, can you kick off? I said, yeah, absolutely. And they go, send some film. I'm like, sure. So I went out to the field to try to see if I could actually kick off. Yeah, I couldn't. It was horrible. Uh, so I, I grabbed a buddy of mine who's a right-footed kicker, stole his film, flipped the image so it looked like he was left-footed, <laughs> didn't care about the fact the numbers were all backwards and the signs in the background were all backwards, sent it to Detroit, and they're like, great, and flew me up, worked out, had a great work, probably one of the best workouts I've had, punting. We're walking off, and the special teams coach talking about, hey, preseason starts here. And I'm like, oh, this is going to work. This is great. This is great. And the guy's like, oh, hang on. Hit a couple of kickoffs for us just so we got some film. I'm like, oh no, oh no. And uh, I thought maybe I'll get lucky, uh, you know, like the first tee box at Augusta and then get lucky and just put one down the middle. But no, uh, squib, squib kick. And they didn't like that joke either. They're like, oh, that's my squib. Do you guys need to see an actual kickoff? And they're like, yeah, no, we're good. Like, okay. <laughs> no, we, we've, we've seen all we need to see. Look, in yeah. hindsight, though, not making the Detroit Lions was probably also a huge gift. It was the least disappointed my wife was, Banksy, when I came back from one of the workouts. She's like, we're not going to Detroit, are we? I said, no, no, no. They're going, there. They're going in a different direction. She's like, oh, okay. But San Diego, she was pretty gutted. The Chargers, I had a good long look at the Chargers. But um, yeah, great experience though. And I know you guys do a lot, obviously, with BYU. And uh, our boy Johnny, you know, walked a very similar path, went to college yep. route first, but yep. uh, it's 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 such a cool experience just to get in and look at some of these NFL teams and kind of not only see how cutthroat it is compared to, you know, probably a lot of rugby around the world, but just the level of athleticism, you know, growing up in Australia, people always joke, you know, NFL, if, if rugby was ever taken seriously, no one would win a game, you know, if, if America took it seriously. And you're kind of like, yeah, but would you? And then you go into camp. I was in camp with Minnesota. We were playing three on three with the D line basketball, and I'm like, yeah, no, no, we would never win a game if these guys growing up played rugby. <laughs> I saw the footage of the the kid you just had on before, um, like just manhandling like grown rugby players, and yep. it's it's uh it's definitely a different level. When you look at a forward pack that could all be six ten, run like four seven forty meter dash times, bench press four hundred fifteen times. I mean, it would it would just be a nightmare for opposing countries. And I can only pray that that happens in our lifetime. Well, thanks, so. yeah, I'll keep, I'll keep this PG, but I, I remember walking into the locker room. I was at the Chargers, and there's a guy there. Called, I think his name was King Dunlap and he was legit six foot 10, 350. He was a big O lineman. And I walk into the locker room and I go to shower after my workout and he's in there showering and he's standing there, obviously naked. I take one look at him I'm like, Nope, I'll wait 15 minutes until he's done. I'm not showering next to that man. There is no I, way in the world. So. <laughs> no, nothing like a good locker room shower to make you feel inadequate about yourself. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. So you are of an age where you've kind of watched from your time uh, coming up through the club ranks through Australia, your time with America, and obviously getting uh, your time with the, the national team. Watching the development of rugby in America – You've had a front row seat to all of this to now the level of professionalism. What's been the biggest difference you've seen from your time in like the mid 2000s in your personal development now to Major League Rugby and where we're at? Yeah, I would say the youth. And I think that's where the investment has to continue, Banksy, because I remember when I first got over here and, and you know, you go out to like a D1 club practice and it, it, it was it was rough. Uh, I mean, compared to like professional rugby elsewhere in the world, it was pretty rough. And uh, I was, I've actually just relocated out to Kansas City and I helped the local team here, the Kansas City Blues, with a couple of practice. I was shocked. I'm like, well, the skill, this, 
this is a really high skill level. Like these guys are actually can play. And when did you start playing? You know, the old question, or when did you find rugby? The number of ones like high school, high school, high school, like, you know, 10, 15 years ago, you asked that question. There was one in 10 played in high school. The rest were like, oh, I just was on college and someone grabbed me. I was in the gym at college and they grabbed me. And, uh, or, or yeah, I work with a dude who played rugby. And so he said, come along. And I just kind of like it. So I think the youth has probably been the big, you know, uh, difference maker in that last 10, 15 years. And I think the jump now that uh, those kids actually have a pathway. So kids in, you know, going to high school in Utah right now can go out and watch the Warriors and be like, I want to do that one day. And it's realistic where 10 years ago, they were like, well, I want to play for the national team, but to do that, the, the sacrifices I have to make personally, professionally, financially are ridiculous to play for the national team. Uh, but now it's a great pathway. So yeah. We're talking to Dan Power, the voice of Major League Rugby here on Dub Nation. Um, Want to get your opinion of kind of what's happened with Utah this year. Obviously not the same season as last year, which was an incredible season, making it to the playoffs, nearly picking off L.A. in the semifinals. Feels like this team has the pieces to be successful, but there's just something missing as we were talking with Danny Christensen and whatnot from kind of finishing opportunities inside the 22 and, and at the end of games where they were last year. Yeah, I, I agree. It's funny, I you know, with obviously head coach Sean Pittman and, and, and the Warriors parting ways. And, you know, it was interesting from an outside perspective of like, how do you go from, you know, like literally a bounce to the ball against LA where you're in the in the final to, you know, eight weeks into a season and you're gone. Um, I've had a chance, and, and I won't, you know, name names, but I've had a chance to talk to a few people inside the organization, the Warriors, who have cleared the picture up a little bit more. And this is the the, the reality of professional sports, like you hear one thing and the reality is something quite different. And and it's not a knock on, on Pitters. It's not a knock on the Warriors. It just sounds like it was the best thing uh, for both parties at this point. But uh, yeah, again, I, I was critical of the recruiting. Uh, Aston Fortain was an absolute stud for the Warriors last year. Like that guy, incredible. Samuel Malolo at hooker, incredible. Um, Baskerhurst tandem at nine, incredible. And looking at just what we saw from the Warriors as week one. It's like there's a lot of holes there that weren't filled. But a lot of it came down to, hey, we filled those holes, couldn't get visas, you know, other things came up, which is the reality, again, of where we are in our fifth year of Major League Rugby. That stuff happens. It's not broadcast publicly. So I, I, it's dangerous, and I know this, and shame on me of being too critical of teams in these situations um, because there is more than meet CI in most situations. So uh, you guys just mentioned it. What was it like... Uh, how many games less than a try, Banksy? Was it six games? Five, Five games. games of the eight that they've lost have been by less than a converted try. Yeah, it's 20, 20 points straight away, right? Like not Razor even thin. bonus points. Yeah. And season's totally different then. But uh, big, big picture, that's great for Major League Rugby that's so tight and that a team that is in the semifinals, one of the form teams last year, is now realistically planning for 2023. So when we talk about planning for 2023, you mentioned some of the personnel struggles that not just the Warriors have had, but teams all over the league have been scrambling to try and fill their rosters full of quality players because we couldn't get them in internationally from places like Australia that were completely locked down. South Africa was completely locked down. Ireland, Wales, England, France even had a lot of players that weren't able to get out of country to be part of the teams who had initially signed contracts. As we come out of all these COVID protocols through the next three, five, seven, I'll say even 10 years, with the possibility of a World Cup looming, what's the next step Major League Rugby needs to take? Well, that's a good question, Banksy. I mean, 
there needs to be a foundation for a World Cup. The pro comp here has to be established, and I think there will be a partnership um, yeah, be- between the three of us. I think the World Cup's as good of the lock for the USA for 2031 for the men's. Um, unless something catastrophic happens here in the next you know, three months, I, it, the rumour that's circulating, and usually they do a good job of floating rumours out to see the public perception. You remember the Renegade Soccer Comp that they floated out the rumour and it was like, this is terrible. And they're like, oh, we're not doing it anyway. It's like... Uh, <laughs> good thing that, that was just a rumour. Nobody's really yeah. taking that seriously. <laughs> There's some, some PR firm of, you know, getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to float rumours out there. We're in the wrong game. But, you know, it's been very positive, well-received. So let's say that's a lock. MLR... World Rugby, there'll be a partnership there that we'll see both parties, you know, with a focused goal on having a very established, um, I, I would say probably close to 20-team competition firing leading into 2031 would, would be, in my opinion, the perfect number and the perfect situation to have 20 markets with a rugby fan base. You can bring the World Cup and, and obviously drive some money into that economy from our international fans, but also have a good fan base there to get behind it and support it as well. Fantastic. Okay, let's finish with this, uh, Dan. Who's best team in the league in your opinion right now? Perhaps Utah's playing that team this Saturday in New England. Yeah, I, it's hard to go past, you know, the Free Jacks. They, they beat Austin a few weeks ago. Austin was, I, I would say, in the middle of some off-field dramas at that point. So I don't know if that's the best Austin that we're going to see. But uh, on the flip side, New England have got stronger there. Uh, since that game, by adding Vion Conradi into their squad, uh, the Namibian national, that guy is incredible. Um, but you know where New England are strong and where they do really well actually plays well into how the Warriors have been playing this year and it's kind of a banana peel game now for New England it's come off a pretty tough game against New York they're probably looking at where the Warriors are on the table I'm not saying they're going to be complacent but you know this is a big opportunity for Utah to kind of I heard Danny say you know there was a, a bit of a come to Jesus this weekend inside the inside the squad of like hey We've got to be better. We can do this. We're a good team. So all it takes is one game and all of a sudden they can go on a tear. So this this could be it. But New England, New England, I'll give them one and then Austin 1.5. There you go. Okay. Well, Dan, we appreciate the time. Keep, people can watch you uh, call games throughout the year, of course, on uh, you know Fox Sports and uh, whatnot. Catch the MLR kickoff podcast as well, which is awesome. I listen to it religiously. We appreciate the time, Dan. Thanks for coming out. You guys are the best. Keep up the good work for the Warriors. And one of these days, I'll come out to Utah. Once Kimball opens up that chalet up in Park City for me for a free weekend, <laughs> hook it up. Is that all it takes? Yeah, I think, I think so. Look, drink, drinks and dinner on Kimball then. I was going to shout, but, you know, we'll we'll put it on Kimball. I like it. Uh, thanks, Kimball. <laughs> Him and Benno can cover the bill. they got plenty of cash. Don't worry about it. Sorted. We've got so a plan. We're, we're waiting for that on our end too, so that's all. Awesome. <laughs> okay. Thanks for the time. Good to see. Thanks, boys. Dan Power, uh, Major League Rugby, voice of the league. He does a great job. Check out the podcast as well. Uh, he and Pete Steinberg, the professor. So th- our thanks to uh, Dan Power for joining us. Okay, well, uh, you know, Warriors are on the road, but they're going to come back for a huge game coming up May 7th against Rugby ATL. Let's go. If you want to get your tickets, we still need Dub Nation to be in the stands and get loud. And this is a big one against a East Eastern Conference rival, Rugby ATL, always tough. We have matchups against these guys in the preseason a lot. So this is going to be a big one. May 7th, 8 p.m. Mountain Time, Zions Bank Stadium. Go to warriorsrugby.com and make sure you get your tickets to see the Warriors in action. And if you don't, this man, Sam Uhila, will yell at you just like this. <laughs> you guys. don't want that. That's a guarantee. 
That'll do it for us. Like and share this episode of Dub Nation and follow the Utah Warriors on social media. Our thanks to today's guest, Danny Christensen, Dan Power. Today's show was produced by Billy Rathule and Mason Benson. For Banksy, I'm Jerem Jordan. We'll see you Saturday as Utah goes to New England. Go Warriors!